0: Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson.
1: And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to ninety 95.3 Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right, I want to start off with just an update on... The three Americans who were who were found dead in the Bahamas Resort, that sandals resort there uh, this is the Emerald Bay Resort, and this is a very weird story. Um, now they're they're older people, they're in their 60s, they're not old, but they're older. They're in their 60s, they are from Tennessee. they were in two separate rooms, but they're connected together and uh, they weren't feeling well so they were seeking medical attention and then they died. So we've now taken blood samples that has been sent back to the United States to be uh, to be researched, and the investigation goes on. They have no idea what caused this. All they know is that the individuals involved had sought medical attention because they didn't feel well, and then they passed away. So we don't have a ton of information on this, but keep an eye on this story. This is a very weird sort of a situation here, and it doesn't appear to have affected anybody else at the resort, so we don't know exactly what's going on, but... As soon as we know something, we will certainly break in and let you know. Uh, that might be in a couple of days. We're not exactly sure. Very weird story, so pay attention to that one. Uh, there's also new footage of the Andover, is it Andover Kansas, uh, the tornado that happened there. New footage has been released all weekend, and new stuff has been coming out. Um, I, I highly, highly recommend you watch, if you're interested in this sort of stuff, the school's surveillance footage of this because – Uh, You can see in the drone footage, somebody flew a drone. You could actually see it go through the school parking lot. Um, But the school's cameras were so close to it and it passed right in front of them. There's just a ton of footage that's been released. And tragically, 17 people lost their lives in that. Um, But just a, a ton of information on it. I think officially the wind speed was an F3, but they're classifying it as an F5 because of the damage. But there are parts of that tornado that were, I mean, it was extremely violent. So I wouldn't be surprised if wind speeds dig it up to, to F5 standards. But, again, 17 people, you know, unfortunately have, have lost their lives. More still clinging to life in the hospital. But, uh, you know, having something that big hitting such a populated area in the daytime is not something that we have happen a lot. And as a result, there is just a ton of footage of it. So hopefully they'll be able to do some research on it and figure things out. But, I mean, that thing shifted directions multiple times. It was just uh, it was a crazy tornado to watch. All right. I'm going to go ahead and play you a piece of audio. I just want you to understand how reasonable and how logical the people who are in your news media are, because I know that we're supposed to be the conspiracy theorists, theorists, and we're supposed to be the ones that are deranged and everything. I just want to play this. This is from MSNBC. Okay, This is a panel of four people on MSNBC, and one of the guests said something, I think, very telling. And so I would like to play this audio for you, just so you have some kind of a baseline on the the type of people that you're generally dealing with when you have political discourse nowadays.
2: I guess so, I mean, here's the thing, here's my feeling about the leaker. I I would like to find out who the leaker is so I could make sweet love to that person because that person is a (laughs) hero to me, okay? And if the leaker, a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative, if the leaker is a Republican uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus. And let them know. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question.
1: I pre- so that's the, uh, that's the reasonable discourse that you're dealing with right now. Now, friendly reminder, as we have played the montages multiple times on this show and on my early show, uh, where you can actually see the video footage of this. I did a reaction video last week where we did a reaction to a montage of people who were uh, leftists who were reacting to the leak for the SCOTUS opinion, which, again, is not the official ruling, okay? It's just, it's a draft. But we we covered it. And I encourage you to go watch that, because listening to it is one thing, but actually watching it is much more impactful, because you get to see their facial expressions and their mannerisms and that sort of thing. The old argument has always been, this is a difficult decision for a woman to make. She has to make this decision. And it shouldn't be taken lightly. And it's all about safety, women's health, yada, yada, yada. None of that's true. At one point in time, perhaps it was, it is no longer true. Abortion is essentially, this is like a feminist uh, honor badge. So for those of you who go through, you know, the scouts or what have you, this is like getting a badge for your sash. That's kind of what it is. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a woman standing out front of the Supreme Court saying, I've had 31 abortions. That's not logical or normal behavior. Okay? That is a subhuman who has mental illness. That's what that is. When you look at people who are joyfully talking about aborting, aborting their children to burn them in furnaces for a source of renewable green energy. Now, of course, the renewable part being that you can continue to do this over and over and over again and have an unlimited supply of energy just by getting knocked up. Probably with some rando that I'm sure totally respects you the next day. This is, this is the mentality of what you're dealing with in this particular debate now. It's not, about, it's not about women's health. It never has been. It's an elective procedure. We've already gone over the data with you for many, many years. I've had doctors on repeatedly over the years. The likelihood that abortion is ever needed to save the mother's life virtually does not exist anymore. There's one to two cases a year in the West where that is even a thing. We obviously know about the advancements in medical technology, making you know survivability and viability much earlier at this point in time. The United States, again, has more permissive abortion than all of Europe, almost all of Europe. I technically think there's a couple of Eastern European countries that um, still favor abortion. But this is, this is something that has to be discussed in the way that they're talking about it. This is somebody went on MSNBC. And I realize that they're not a respectable news agency, but they still like to think that they are. And as a guest on MSNBC, her position is, I want to find the leaker and have sex with that person. And if the leaker happens to be of the opposite political persuasion, I want to abort that person's child and then tell them about it just to shove it in their face. Now, does that sound like a reasonable human being to you? But again, the story is, this is just something that that we have, we have to have because of the necessity of protecting women and their health and that sort of stuff. And again, rape and incest almost almost never happens. Almost never happens. Pregnancy by those, those means. Which is why I always tell you, in the pro-life crowd, you should cede those points to the other side. One, you're going to expose them because they're going to say that's still not good enough, which means their whole argument of using them was never valid to begin with. But the other thing is, if they do accept... If they do accept, you have now eliminated more than 90% of all abortions because less than 10% fit into that category of the life of the mother, rape, or incest. Less than 10% every single year. And that's an overestimate, by the way, by the uh, people who conducted the research. They, They are overestimating that. So if you start to look at people who are going on the news and saying, yeah, I mean, this is just something that I would like to do to hurt somebody's feelings. I want to get pregnant. And then abort their child, and then tell them about it because it'll hurt their feelings, right? And then you have three other people laughing about it as if it were funny. Now this is a, well, I mean it's not. You can call it as you can call it a psychosis, I guess. Um, you can call it psych- psychopathy. It's not sociopathy. It's it's more of a psychopathy. Um, there's no empathy there at all. That is somebody who happily uses the process of abortion as a weapon against somebody else, as opposed to for the stated purpose that they claim that is purely about the health and welfare of the mother. Right. Clearly it's not. And MSNBC normalizes that it's not about the health and the welfare of the mother, which is why I wanted to play that clip. Got a lot more, including the protests outside of SCOTUS justices homes, the calls for more violence, from Blue Checkmark Journalists. We'll talk about all of that stuff and more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
0: Casey, okay. People trying to rent a home for
2: the Indy 500. I'm Laura Smith. I'm
1: John Zimney. All your top local news stories, traffic and weather during Michiana's morning news Tuesday on 95.3 MNC. Uh, the answer to that question is because Airbnb sucks. Casey Hendrickson here, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So let's go to Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin Anti-Abortion Headquarters was set on fire, was vandalized. They used Molotov cocktails. Totally does not sound like domestic terrorism. Molotov cocktails, they spray-painted graffiti and everything else. Okay? If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. Now, why did this happen? Well, after a bunch of news media violent rhetoric. That's how we provided you examples of this. The FBI has researched this for several years as well. They found out that media and how they report stories leads directly to violence. So when the news media goes out there and tells you things like, oh, I don't know, that interracial marriage is now in jeopardy, which, of course, it's not. The right for minorities to vote is now in jeopardy, which, of course, it's not. What happens? that perpetual state of anxiety, that fight or flight reflex that they're trying to get. Okay, They're trying to make you angry and afraid so they can control you. And what happens is the lowest common denominator shows up at an anti-abortion clinic and they set it on fire. Now, with this violence, which of course really wasn't reported as such, certainly wasn't covered anywhere near what happened on January 6th, but then you've got this lady here. Now, her, her name is Caroline Riley. Caroline Riley is somebody that you have never heard of. Caroline Riley happens to be a urinalist for Rewire News Group. So she is a reporter. Okay, So in the New York Times posted that the headquarters of an anti-abortion group in Madison, Wisconsin was set on fire Sunday morning in an act of vandalism. It's funny how when you set a building on fire, And you're a left winger, it's vandalism. But if you set a building on fire as a right winger, it's domestic terrorism. Isn't that interesting? And the New York Times has a double standard. But anyway, she retweeted it and said, more of this. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they rot in the ground. Hmm. So she's advocating for violence. She's calling for violence. And she has herself a nice little death fantasy. She sounds like a winner, by the way. So this is this is what she posted. that interesting stuff. (laughs) So she posts this. She works as a journalist. Okay. now, again, you've never heard of her. She works for an outfit that you've never heard of. But that's it. Now, the White House did finally issue a statement after initially supporting protests at justices homes and that sort of stuff, which everybody understands. I've had this conversation before. People have asked me about it. There's a couple of times that, um, you know, there were some people that were harassing Ben Shapiro And they were showing up at, you know, public events when Ben Shapiro was out with his family and that sort of thing. And there's a lot of people like, oh, free speech, free speech. No, that's a good way for you to get shot. Yeah, he's a public figure. Yes, he's in public, but you're still harassing him. And it's not appropriate. There is a time and a place for debate. And that is not when he is with his family. So you have this situation here where you've got the White House basically calling for people to go to the street. Democrat politicians calling for people to go to the street you got news media calling for people to go to the street. You've got uh, endless montages over the past couple of years of the news media justifying and calling for more violence in the street. I can play you another montage here if you really want me to, and I'm happy to do so. This is what they have done forever. And the moment, the moment, again, they'll punch you in the face ten times. The moment you hit them back in the face, one time, you're the one that instigated it. This is typically how this type of thing works. So after a weekend of raucous pro-abortion activists descending on churches, and the homes of Supreme Court justices, the White House finally is condemning the behavior. POTUS strongly believes in the constitutional right to protest, but that should never include violence, threats, or vandalism. Funny, um, everybody involved with the vegetable-in-chief has not said this, not even one time in the past, like, two and a half years. Interesting stuff, don't you think? Like, maybe when you had people burning down entire cities and neighborhoods, you probably could have issued a statement then, too, but you didn't. When you were specifically asked about it several times at the debates, Joe Biden, you pretended that Antifa didn't even exist. Judges perform an incredibly important function in our society, and they must be able to do their jobs without concern for their personal safety. Now, that is Jen Psaki. All right. Yeah. Nice of you to finally make that statement after ignoring that the entire time that you're the White House press secretary. A number of justices and their families have been relocated to undisclosed locations as a result of the threats. Let me say this one more time really slow because I realize it's a Monday. Supreme Court justices and their families were relocated from their homes in secret because of the threats. That's domestic terrorism. You start looking at some of this stuff and some of the things that happened here. I'm going to play a piece of audio. Cue up my audio, please. I'm going to play you a piece of audio here. This is uh, one of the reporters that was there. This is from Fox News. Um, This is uh, a producer for the Daily Signal. Now, the Daily Signal is affiliated with the Heritage Foundation. But he went on Fox News to talk about some of the protests that were happening outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices. And it's going to give me a commercial instead. So I'll just mute that and I'll talk over it. Um, so this is sorry it was all queued up ready to go. I'm giving the new guy a run for his money. Running my board, then you got Rosanna Arquette. Okay, Rosanna Arquette. This this lady, <laughs> she's uh, she used to be an actress. I don't know what she does now besides make a fool of herself on on Twitter. Again, tell me that this is not mental illness. She tweets out, "No, it's not hype, uh, hysterical or alarmist. They will traffic babies that many women can't afford to keep." There is a huge money-making market worldwide for babies, and behind that is organ trafficking. The majority Supreme Court justices are officially the satanic force. Anybody want to tell her? Anybody want to tell her? Um, yeah, Planned Parenthood has been selling those organs for years, you idiot. The whole undercover sting operation exposing them and Planned Parenthood was super embarrassed about it, tried to get everything stripped off the internet. Yeah, they were doing that. Everything that this bimbo just said on Twitter has literally been done by her side. By her side. Everything. Everything. Trafficking children. That's a leftist ideology. They love illegal immigration. Love trafficking. Absolutely love it. And again, make no mistake. When you support open borders, you support human trafficking, you support indentured servitude. There is no option for you to deny that. That's period. End of story. That's what you support. So she supports that stuff. And she has the audacity to talk about organ trafficking? Really? What do you think the whole abortion industry is about? Why do you think Planned Parenthood has been trying to monetize it all of these years? A couple of people pointed this out on Twitter, but they're the satanic ones. Okay, let's just address that one from a moral standpoint. Who's satanic? The ones who want the babies to live or the ones who want the babies to be killed? Who's the satanic side again? Which side does the actual satanic church side with? How about that? Miss Arquette. So let's go back to this audio here. So again, this is one of the reporters for the Daily Signal on Fox News talking about the protests outside of Supreme Court justices' homes.
2: What a difference when you went to Kavanaugh's house and then went to John Roberts' house?
0: That was the scariest thing to me, that the the energy, you could just feel it, was palpably different when Kavanaugh came up. They were yelling, they were screaming. And look, I mean, this is an attempt at intimidation, and I think it really says a lot, too, that the Biden administration is willing to absolutely let these justices out to dry. They're not going to say it's not acceptable for you to go to somebody's house and yell and scream. That's not how we do it in this country.
2: Did you say that you saw Kavanaugh, he came out of his house?
0: i did not see justice kavanaugh um my hope is that he wasn't home my hope is that he was safe with his family somewhere else because it was genuinely one of the scariest things i've ever witnessed watching these people yell and scream and try and change the vote of what is most possibly the most important
1: vote in the history of this country the right to you know live your life and to have a human being survive in the womb and like i said you know one of the the interesting things that i i saw with amnesty international who, you know, what they do is they write letters to dictators and beg them not to be dictators and murder people. So Amnesty International, they're out there, abortion is a human right, abortion is a human right, abortion is a human right, abortion is a human right. And I, all I could do is respond and like, and life isn't? I mean, if you're going to make that case, if you're going to make the case that abortion is a human right, shouldn't life be kind of included in that whole prospect of human life thing? It's like, <laughs> but no, I guess not. But, you know, hey, the letter writing campaigners out there, they're they're super engaged folks. Remember when Josh Hawley's pregnant wife was at home and people were trying to break through their windows and their doors, and no Democrats came out and admonished the behavior of those protesters. Remember that? Yeah, just a just a friendly reminder. Got more coming up. Newsog 953, Michiana's news channel. MNC News time is 331. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime
0: this first step to the final phase industrial and commercial electrical done right casey hendrickson
1: And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, the only radio host in the entire state of Indiana that is fully and thoroughly endorsed by every freedom and liberty group in the state, including GSB PAC, which is the most freedom and liberty group of all of the freedom and liberty groups. Nobody else has those endorsements, ladies and gentlemen. 95.3 MNC, do want to thank r Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw, R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Uh, I hear that they are the number one supplier of vehicles for failed candidates to drive out of the state so they can try and rebuild their lives. All right, what do we have here? Uh, Irish president has decided to, I, I don't know, remind the world that Ireland has a president. Love Ireland. Ireland's an amazing country. But... They're a little hokey and a little weird sometimes. For example, like well, you have to do this in the United Kingdom too, but you, you know, if you have a television there, you have to pay it. You have to pay a fee just because you have a television. And then if you have another television, you have to pay another fee, and it's every year you got to pay that fee. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, he decided to remind the world that he exists and uh, attack Elon Musk because I guess nothing else is happening in Ireland, so he's decided to attack Elon Musk. He said that Musk uh, relaxing Twitter censorship. Uh, would be Dangerous Narcissism. Well, I'm I'm sorry about your lucky charms, and I hope you find them. 2,000 Mules, the documentary, which it's grossed over $1 million in 12 hours on uh, Locals and Rumble. So this is, you know, it's going really well for Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, So 12 hours is over a $1 million. I don't know what it's at now, because I'm too lazy to go look, because it's a Monday, and, well, I got better things to do. But... Over a million dollars in 12 hours, which is impressive stuff, because I don't know how many of you who don't have an OnlyFans, because we have to add that caveat, because some of you who have an OnlyFans can certainly make a million dollars in 12 hours. Um, But for the rest of us who don't have an OnlyFans yet, we'll we'll see how the week goes. um, We can't make a million dollars in 12 hours. That is a difficult thing for most people to do. So congratulations to Dinesh D'Souza for doing that. Um, And again, this was happening... Uh, the film is basically being released just on locals and Rumble because everywhere else is censoring it. Right? They wanted to do it on Facebook and they wanted to do it on other platforms and YouTube and that sort of thing. It was blocked purely for presenting the evidence that already exists uh, about some of the shenanigans that happened during the last election. Uh, and again, I, it's always important that when you have this discussion with you know the side that says there was no fraud or anything like that, you have to get them to define what it is. So when they tell you there is no, no wide-scale fraud, okay, define wide-scale. What is wide-scale to you? Because Wayne County, Michigan is just one county. Well, there's a lot of fraud in Wayne County, Michigan that has already been uncovered. There's still legal cases pending over it. That's one county. Except Trump was winning the election until they started counting Wayne County. Get it? So does it have to be widespread and define widespread? Wayne County also happens to be the place that kicked out all of the election monitors for the Republican Party, and then boarded up the room while they counted votes. Because there's totally nothing suspicious about that at all, and that's all caught on camera. And you still have people on this side of the border and the other side of the border with a straight face will tell you, "Nah, nothing weird happened in Michigan at all." What are you talking about? All totally normal. Not quite. Now, two thousand mules focuses on a very specific aspect of the vote fraud allegations in the 2020 election. Uh, so Dinesh D'Souza, again, who makes really good documentaries anyway, makes very good films. They're usually well-sourced. Um, 2,000 Mules came out, and the censorship has been going. I mean, you got all of the fake fact-checkers out there trying to fact-check stuff. Um, none of the stuff that they're saying actually seems to hold any any water. That's par for the course. Over the next week or so, we and others will probably be breaking apart those bits and pieces of it. If you follow Fake News Flash, be aware that there's going to probably be some updates on Fake News Flash for this stuff as well. So Rumble, uh, Rumble's 2,000 Mules gross sales, which began on Saturday, May 7th at noon, are good enough to put it in the estimated box office top 10 for the weekend of May 10 to May 8. Uh, locals President uh, Asaf Lev said that supporting creative independence is core to our values and we are thrilled to offer creators a new way to distribute and sell movies independently. And that's another thing too that is you know, relatively new here is that you've got, while my Locals isn't like huge or anything, I had a Locals, I didn't really promote it, but I got it because I knew at some point in time I was going to start offering premium content again. And I wanted Locals to be the place that that happens because they're affiliated with Rumble, and locals, you own your own content. They don't own any of your content. So when you update to locals or, or upload to locals, that's yours. There's no little you know stipend or anything like that that says, oh, we can do whatever we want with your content. We can monetize it. We can advertise with it, that sort of thing. It's yours. You own it. They don't own it at all, uh, which is nice. And I can upload free stuff, and I have, and I can upload stuff that isn't free, and I have. And it is entirely up to you if you want to partake. And if you're watching on Rumble right now, if you scroll up on the video, you will see that there is actually a button, a red button says join. That is to join my locals if you want to join. And you can join for free, okay? You don't have to pay anything. There's a misconception that everything on locals is premium content and therefore paid. That's not necessarily true. Think of it like, um, you could think of it like a, uh, gosh, what is the, uh, (sighs) what's the place where everybody like, Gets paid, you know, for like posting membership stuff. It's not only fans, the other one. It's like, uh, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. It's it's the same thing. There's free stuff that you can put up there, and then there's paid stuff. So it's up to you. I'm just saying you don't have to pay anything if you don't want to. Uh, let's see. Supporting creative independence is core to our values, and we are thrilled to offer creators a new way to distribute and sell movies independently. The success of 2000 Mules on Rumble is a great sign for creators who do not want to be silenced or censored for their speech. Rumble tweeted that Locals is making history with 2,000 mules and proving that independent creators now have freedom and real choice. We are no longer beholden to big tech and corporate media. You know what I find so interesting about Rumble and Locals is YouTube is still the big platform, and YouTube will be the big platform for the foreseeable future, for the vast majority of content that exists on the Internet. However, there will come a time, certainly when it comes to news and politics, you need... To have Rumble and Locals and Telegram and you know, maybe getter or Truth Social, what have you. You have to have that. Because everything else is going to censor you. Maybe when Elon Musk takes over Twitter, that'll be better. Patreon is what I was thinking of. Thank you, Eric, on the live stream. Patreon is what I was thinking of. Locals is basically like an alternative to Patreon. Okay. But the thing is, is that YouTube did something not that long ago that I said would probably be the death nail for that platform if they don't reverse it. And that is, now YouTube, remember, you can be monetized on YouTube and then they can take that monetization away from you anytime that they want, like they did with me years ago. But you, you can be monetized on YouTube and then you can use content on YouTube that maybe has like music from a record label and then that record label, because of the unique relationship that it has with YouTube, they will put a fake and a false copyright claim on your video. Now, why do they do this? Are they doing it because they're alleging that you're stealing their content? No, they're doing it because what YouTube then does is YouTube monetizes your video, even if you don't qualify for monetization. And then they give the record label any money that you make off of that video. You don't get any of it. It goes to the record label. So on YouTube, the fake copyright scam is purely about enriching record labels. It has nothing to do with with actually protecting copyrighted material. That's not the case at all. But the other thing that they've done is smaller YouTube channels that don't have monetization or people who are popular but don't monetize or people who have been demonetized like me who choose to monetize in other ways but still maybe put content on YouTube, YouTube can now monetize your content without your permission and then they can make money off of it. So a lot of those videos that you upload of like your kids and stuff, okay, that you did not intend to be monetized at all, you just uploaded it so it existed somewhere forever for you to see, for your family to see, grandma, grandpa to see, that sort of stuff. It's just out there, right? Now YouTube can monetize that, even though you don't want to. You didn't apply for it. They'll monetize it, and they'll make money off of it, and they will not give you a single cent. Not a single cent. There's going to come a time where a lot of those creators are going to get fed up with that because people are already having to go elsewhere to make money because YouTube is demonetizing them. And now they're going to monetize the videos that they won't allow that creator to monetize just so they can make money off of a video that YouTube says you're not allowed to make money off of. Get it? That's where locals and Rumble are going to start making a lot of uh, conversions from people over on YouTube. That's where you're going to start to see that stuff happen. It's going to take years, but that's where you're going to start to see that that revolt really happen. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Casey Hendrickson
0: on News Talk 953, Michigan's news channel, your breaking news and weather station.
1: Ah, it has been a little while since we have checked in on George Soros funded district attorneys. Let's uh, let's look into the People's Republic of Seattle. All right, people, hey, by the way, personal story about Seattle. Okay, most of you know that I lived in the area for some time right out, right out of uh, the military. But here's the, here's the thing about they've got the Lenin st- statue there, right? Now, of course, the Lenin statue is brought there because they love Lenin because they're communists. And then as they get attacked for that, they then pretend that they have the Lenin statue to make fun of Lenin uh, and then do all of these things to mock Lenin and that sort of thing, which isn't accurate. So do you know what they're doing to the Lenin statue right now? They're defacing the Lenin statue on behalf of Ukraine in Seattle. I never thought that I would see the day that we would get to the point that the, the communists of Seattle would actually turn against their beloved Lenin, but they have. All it took was a little war from somebody not named Lenin to make them hate Lenin. Very interesting. I don't, uh, I don't know what Vladimir Lenin said about Ukraine. I'm sure it was some unsavory things at the time, But but the Seattle Fire Department, Seattle police officers, have responded to an encampment, near the intersection of 6th Avenue near basically it's right by the airport okay now they got there for a medical call uh, when they arrived on the scene they heard a woman calling for help inside of a tent fire uh, first responders located the tent and a nearly naked woman exited stating that she had just been raped now this is all according to court documents okay officers found a naked man inside of the tent so she comes out partially naked, she's yelling for help. She says, "I've just been been assaulted." They find the guy naked inside the tent. Okay? That man was then arrested at the scene. All right? So while she was receiving medical treatment, the victim then told police officers that this guy would cover her mouth when she tried to call for help and that she had been choked and beaten amongst other things. While she was in the hospital, she also said that he had, she had no idea who this guy was. So this is just somebody who came into her tent and assaulted her. He also burned her with fire. Okay, So this is a really depraved individual. Now, why am I telling you all of this? Obviously, this is a horrible story. The reason I'm telling you all of this is that the district attorney, who was funded by George Soros, let this guy go a couple of days later. And guess what he did? He raped somebody else. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that could possibly happen? So again, simple case. You get a call for help. You arrive on scene. You got a woman screaming for help. She comes out half naked, claims she's been raped. They find the rapist in the tent, okay? While she's getting her medical exam and getting treated at the hospital, she gives further details, including how he burned her with fire. She has no idea who this guy is, and he is released. Because he's released, he goes back out, And he rapes another woman at the exact same homeless camp, the exact same one. And, of course, everybody in Seattle is like, how could this happen? Gee, I wonder. This is the same place, mind you, that allowed Antifa to take over entire city blocks, including the block with the police department. So they arrested the guy at the tent encampment again the next day. He's now being held in jail. he's held on rape and imprisonment charges. Um, But like I said, the damage is already done. You know, on the early show today, I covered the statistics going back to 2004 about school faculty sexually assaulting children. And for the record, it's a heck of a lot more common than you want to admit. And one of the things that I find most interesting, and I posted about this today, but I also covered it extensively in the early show today, is that half of the teachers who sexually assault students, half of them had previously been reported for sexually assaulting students. Half, 50% of school assaults on children could be eliminated if we had simply taken steps to protect kids the first time it had been reported. Just something for you to think about. Don't forget you can watch the show on Rumble. Go to rumble.com/slash Casey the host. You can also watch on the burning Sign up for the free newsletter. We got more coming up. News Talk 953, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Once again, the only. Radio host in the entire state of Indiana, endorsed by every Freedom and Liberty group, including the coveted GSB pack. Ah, the best one of all. All right, what do we got here? Uh, R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. Go to rbcarcompany.com. Take a look at their inventory online. Ah, the power grid, the power grid, the power grid. Speaking of automobiles. Power grid operators from across the United States have warned that they are struggling to keep up with the demand for electricity as they attempt to transition to cleaner energy sources. Yep, that's because everywhere in the world that clean energy is tried in mass, it fails miserably. Now, one day we may get there, but you need to understand that right now, tis no bueno. Power grid operators, again, are warning about this, especially as we move to more and more electric vehicles. I'm concerned about it, says Mid-Continent Independent System Operator, Miso. I didn't know that Miso did—they uh, didn't just do soup, John. Did you know that? Miso not only does soup, but they do electricity. They're a part of the power grid. Miso. Who knew? Who knew? <clears throat> so the chief executive is John Baer. He told the Wall Street Journal on Sunday, as we move forward, we need to know— that when you put a solar panel or a wind turbine up, it's not the same as a thermal resource. Again, also known as doy. But some of you idiots out there still haven't picked this up. California's state's grid operator told Wall Street Journal on Friday that it expects to see a shortfall in supplies this summer. Newsflash, they have a shortfall of supplies every single summer. It is driven by extreme heat, wildfires, delays, and bringing new power sources online. Meanwhile, Miso, not the soup, the power company, in uh, an independent not-for-profit organization that delivers power to much of the Midwest, warned last month that it would likely need increased imports and potential, potentially emergency resources if it were to be able to meet demand at the peak of summer. One of the things that I've been intrigued about, and I've had private conversations about this on the golf course and what have you, but um, I am genuinely very curious to watch how screwed up California is going to be this summer and California screwed up every summer, but California is really going to be screwed up this summer because a lot of people have bought Teslas in California. They're regretting that because now Elon Musk is going to ruin their lives by taking over Twitter. Uh, and they wish they probably gotten a general motors electric vehicle, but they did buy those electric cars in mass in California. And the grid already could not support the population of California. And I don't think the number of people who moved away from California, which, for the record, is substantial. I don't think that that has done enough to shift the stability of the power grid. Keep in mind, I'm from the desert. The best source of power that you can get in the desert as far as the air quote renewables, even though oil is renewable, but I digress, is solar. And the two largest power plants that are solar plants in the country, uh, Solana Solana or Solara? It's Solana, right? In Arizona? Solana, which, by the way, has been hit with massive polluting fines, okay? The solar power plant has been hit with massive polluting signs, And Ivanpah, which is on the California-Nevada border, which is where I used to live, uh, they don't produce enough power. And they take up acres and acres and acres and acres and acres and acres. It is adorable that a couple of you think that the solar panels in uh, County Road 6 are actually going to do anything. Super adorbs. I, I think that that is very cute. Uh, considering that looks like it's, I don't know, three or four acres, something like that. I don't know how many acres it is. It doesn't look like much. And we're in the Midwest where solar power is not not the thing. So it'll be interesting to watch how that has been a giant waste of money and energy and how the, the diesel generators are going to be the ones that generate the energy from those solar panels. But I digress. When you look at the way that this is all structured, particularly in places like California, Um, you're going to see massive, massive issues with brown and blackouts over the summer because you already have them. Now you've got all of these additional electric vehicles and that sort of thing. We're going to get to a point. This is, it's not Tuesday yet, but just, you know, indulge my tinfoilness. So we have a massive push towards electric vehicles that the power grid cannot handle, which means a power grid, which is being converted to smart grids. Smart grids, of course, can be controlled remotely remotely. Where I'm from, the power company controls the temperature in your house. They don't do that here yet, but they do where I'm from in Las Vegas. When you go to work, they put up your thermostat in your house. You have no control over it. When you get home, the thermostat is at whatever the power company sets it at. You have no control. So we're going to get to a point where they're going to push you into electric vehicles, but they're not going to supply enough energy for you to charge your electric vehicle, and then they're going to force you into mass transit. And this is all a way to get you out of the automobile and into mass transit. This is just my my tinfoil TED talk for you today. California State Grid operator told the Wall Street Journal that it expects to see a shortfall in supplies this summer, driven by extreme heat, wildfires, and delays in bringing new power sources online. Um, the organization MISO noted that the summer peak forecast is 124 gigawatts, with 119 gigawatts of projected regularly available generation with within MISO. So they're they're forecasting about five more gigawatts of energy than they produce. Now, I know that new math teaches you that 2 plus 2 can be whatever you feel like that day. But last I checked, in the real world, 124 is more than 119, which means there is a shortage of available power for the need and output. That is going to be a problem for anybody who gets energy from MISO, not the soup, the energy company. The seasonal assessment aligns with the cleared resources identified in the 2022-2023 planning resource auction, which indicated capacity shortfalls in both the north and central regions of MISO and leaving those areas at increased risk of temporary controlled outages to preserve the integrity of the bulk electric system. That is the executive director of market operations, J.T. Smith at MISO. So you've got top executive at MISO and the uh, the market uh, operations director of MISO, both telling you, yo, if you get power from us, you're screwed. Elsewhere in Texas, the grid operator warned Wall Street Journal of potential short supplies of tight and tight conditions amid a heat wave that's currently blanketing the state and it's expected to last into next week. Every market around the world is trying to deal with the same issues, said Brad Jones, the interim chief executive of the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. We're all trying to find ways to utilize as much of our renewable resources as possible and at the same time make sure that we have enough dispatchable generation to manage reliability. Okay, one big problem with that. Let's just run down the list, shall we? Australia, Germany, Spain, Switzerland. Uh, we can we can do this all day. None of them have been able to meet demand with renewables. None. And renewables is not the right rephrase because again, oil is renewable. So-called green energy. Okay, they cannot meet demand anywhere in the world with this technology. Why do we assume that we can do it here? We have been talking about needing to upgrade the power grid for as long as I have been alive, and we haven't really done a great job of doing it. Some places have done better than others. But as time progresses, we continue to put more burden on the electric grid while not really upgrading the grid. And by upgrading the grid, I mean actually upgrading the grid, not throwing a couple of solar panels on it and hoping it works out. It's not how things work. Most of you out there listening to the show right now don't even realize large chunks of energy generated by solar farms actually comes from diesel generators. Yes, that type of diesel. But most of you don't know that because they don't tell you that. It's not, uh, it's not conducive to the sweetheart marketing of solar power, which I'm not opposed to. Most of you know, I'm actually a pretty big fan of solar power as a supplement and a backup system. It just can't take over the power grid. Again, maybe one day it will, unlikely, but at least at this point in time, there's no way to do that. So you really have two options. You bring the grid up to operational capacity and you make it expandable for the future while implementing renewable sources as sort of a, an assistant to that main system Until you find a technology that is developed good enough that can actually take over. Because we don't have that right now. And it doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. The only single source for this, there's only one. There's only one in all of human history that has ever been found. Are you ready? Are you ready? Indiana, Indiana might be making a move towards this. Nuclear. These mini nuclear plants could be the future. I know that you're all familiar with nuclear and nuclear power plants and things like that. There's these mini nukes. That could be a big game changer in energy. These very small nuclear plants that don't produce as much as the big nuclear plants. If things went wrong, which is highly unlikely, but certainly possible. If things went wrong, you're less likely to have a a catastrophe. Uh, And then they're cheaper to build. You have them all over the country, just like that. You've got an upgraded power grid and you can buy all the stupid Teslas that you want. And you can run around and have all of the smartphones and all the smart bulbs and everything else that you want in your life that makes life a little bit easier, but allows the you know the Skynet system to spy on you. So this is just something that you have to factor in here. But we're coming into the su- summer months here, and every single year we talk about rolling brownouts and blackouts in California. What's going to happen now? Right now, according to the powers that be, the people in the industry, they are not seeing good things this summer at all. So. This is going to be one of those things you need to pay attention to this summer as well because we're certainly going to be talking about it. We got more coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Casey,
0: top news, weather, and traffic. During Michiana's morning news on 95.3 MNC, your breaking news and weather station.
1: Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Uh, are we really back at this now? I, I guess we are. I, you know, here's the thing. Okay, what Casey's rule number one for understanding liberals? Uh, rule number one: everything that the left accuses the right of doing, they themselves are doing, without fail. Rule number two: every position the left holds is in direct contradiction to another position that they have. For example, horse dewormer. What is horse dewormer again? Ivermectin. What is ivermectin? Only one of the most successful drugs ever created for a whole host of of issues. It is not just a horse dewormer, as the idiots in the news media portrayed it. But here's what I find so funny. When ivermectin was going around and, and everybody was lying about it and saying it didn't work against COVID, it certainly does. The research is overwhelming. It works. But beyond that, when Joe Rogan, gave a litany list of stuff that he did because he's very wealthy. He can throw everything he, he has at COVID. And he did. One of those things happened to be ivermectin. They only focused on the ivermectin. They didn't focus on anything else that he did, but they focused on the ivermectin and they attacked him for horse dewormer consistently every single day. They lied about the drug. Uh, he even had Dr. Gupta on from it's not news at CNN. And he's sitting right there. He's like, you guys lied Why did you lie? How do you defend you lying about me? And he had no answer for him. So the entire leftist lexicon of thought was any kind of horse paste should not be used as medicine. So why is it that I am reading numerous articles here over the weekend promoting the use of horse medicine to give yourself an abortion? and it is being promoted by places like Vice magazine why is that i thought we weren't supposed to be taking cattle medicine thought that wasn't supposed to be a thing the far left vice is now suggested that people take horse medicine as a do it yourself abortion pill in the wake of politico publishing the supreme court decision that could potentially overturn roe v wade now again If Roe v. Wade gets overturned, and it should be because it's terrible law, but if it does get overturned, it just goes back to the states. So if you live in a state that doesn't have a full ban on abortion waiting to go if Roe v. Wade is overturned, then you're fine. It really isn't that big of a deal. But they love scaring people. That's the whole point. they got to scare you. Okay. So so suddenly the left is promoting using horse medicine for your medical well-being. This is uh, this is Breitbart Publishing through its motherboard tech page, because, I mean, where else would you get abortion advice? The tech page that talks about, like, microchips and stuff. Writer Jason Kobler, who sounds to me suspiciously like a dude who isn't supposed to have an opinion on this, He turned to his anarchist collective called the Four Thieves Vinegar Collective. That is a stupid name for a bunch of idiots. If you're going to come up with a name for yourself, Four Thieves Vinegar Collective? If you had girlfriends, they would be embarrassed. Anyway, they went to this collective for uh, detailed instructions for making abortion pills. Because I guess this is something that people do on, like, Friday nights. They come up with ways of creating abortion pills at home. Now, usually when you have, like, biohackers, usually there's a need for biohacking. For example, biohackers are working on a free version, an open-source version of insulin. Okay, So if you're a diabetic, you would be able to make your own insulin at home with your own ingredients, and it's going to cost you pennies, and it'll save your life. That is biohacking. Sitting around with a stupid name, which has vinegar in it, and conceiving of ways to make an abortion pill. (sighs) Okay. There's things that I could say. I can't. can't. Boss is sitting right there. New guy there. Can't can't say it. Early show tomorrow, maybe. The fourth is Vinegar Collective, which just sounds like some horrendous video game villain, uh, first demonstrated how to make misoprostol tablets, which are used to induce an abortion at the Please Try This at Home conference in Pittsburgh back in 2019. Why, why is this? I have to ask this question. Okay, so in 2019, they went to a conference in Pittsburgh, and they showed everybody how to make an abortion pill. Why are a bunch of idiots sitting around trying to make abortion pills in a country where abortion is legal? What, what, is, the, what is the point of that? Not only legal, but one of the most permissive abortion countries in the entire world. What is the reasoning behind sitting around and sucking down their boxed wine and instead of reading a stupid book, making abortion pills? Last year, after Texas passed a... Oh, because of, oh, I guess the Texas thing is... Uh, uh, McSale Lawfer, stupid name, who runs the collective, published a 17-minute video explaining how to make the pills at home. Y- you could just drive across the border. Or, or... You know, you could just not wait so long to get a legal abortion. That's that's always a thing, too. They repeatedly shared the video again Monday after the leaked court decision. Again, this is a couple of days old. Um, that they're planning to overturn Roe v. Wade. Again, it's a draft decision. It's not the whole thing. Uh, which would automatically trigger total abortion bans in nearly half of U.S. states. That is, That's not accurate. There's 13 states, 13 states that have something on the books that could theoretically ban all abortions. Not half, about 13. Okay? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's nice of them to go ahead and inflate the issue. So they're out there promoting these do-it-yourself abortion pills where you get the ingredients from horse medicine. But you're not supposed to use horse medicine to give yourself any kind of treatment, like COVID or something, which is just hysterical. Now, what did Motherboard have to say about the Joe Rogan thing? So they tweeted this out uh, on the 3rd of May. You may be reminded of ivermectin, which is used to control parasites and horses. It became a favored but ineffective COVID treatment among conspiracy theorists. Uh, that's bull. And I have dozens and dozens and dozens of peer-reviewed studies and clinical trials to prove that, which we've been over many times on the show. The main difference is that the misoprostol does something other than giving you the bleeps, meaning the runs. Yeah, um, that's not what ivermectin does either. So they're they're even justifying this. (laughs) They're even justifying this by going, no, 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 the difference is our horse medicine works. Okay, I... Provide for me peer reviewed and clinical trial research on horse medicine successfully and safely doing abortions on human beings. And then maybe we can have a little conversation about this. Because I have a ton of studies on ivermectin being effective against COVID. You just didn't want to look at any of that information because, again, you're vice and you're dumb and you have a stupid little vinegar club. Got more coming up, News Talk 953, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News time is 431. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime.
0: This is Michiana Studios. From the first step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson.
1: Since you've got the vegetable chief running around calling people dogface pony soldier and you've got a bunch of leftists now telling everybody to use horse medicine as an abortion pill, is that an attack on women? I just have to ask. I figured it, it seemed to make sense that it would be an attack on women. A little bit later on in the show, in the 5 o'clock hour, we'll talk about how the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security have been eyeballing abortion-related extremism for some time, but haven't actually done anything about it. So that'll be later on as we give you more updates on some of the stuff that's been going on. Um, With the abortion issue. Let's see. What else do we have here? Sweden. Since we're just talking about ivermectin. Why don't we go and talk about Sweden? Sweden. Now that we're basically through COVID. Okay. Sweden has suffered fewer deaths per capita than most of Europe. Now, remember, Sweden did things completely different. Sweden decided not to lock down. Sweden decided to recommend masks, recommend vaccines, but not mandate them. And Sweden outperformed most of Europe. Interesting stuff. Of course, Sweden has really been outperforming most of Europe, with the exception of uh, that uh, first initial surge. Um, Well, technically, I guess it's the second surge, but, you know, the not when the virus first came out, but after it lulled and it came back, they they had a bit of a flare up there. Uh, New figures from the World Health Organization show that Sweden had fewer COVID deaths per capita than much of Europe, despite refusing to enforce strict lockdowns and mask mandates like numerous other countries nearby did. In 2020 and 2021, the country had an average excess death rate of 56 per 100,000. Now, in the United Kingdom, it was 109 per 100,000. In Spain, it was 111 per 100,000. In Germany, it was 116 per 100,000, and Italy was 133 per 100,000. And all of them were extremely strict. I'm going to throw Italy out because Italy got hit in Europe first. And that's because of their close trading partnership with China. And a bunch of people from China went to Italy. And that's when the outbreak spread to the West. The report hastens to add that lower obesity levels and better general health also played a major role. Mm. Right. (laughs) Now, we know, we certainly know that obesity is a major issue with COVID. OK, we know that that's I the World Health Organization says that uh, Sweden is less obese than those other countries. I tend to believe that, but I don't know for sure. And I'm too lazy to look it up. So, again, it's Monday. Just do that on your own. You can believe the World Health Organization or not. It's up to you. Uh, but the, the thing about all of this is, is that when Sweden was getting hit hard. You notice the World Health Organization didn't make the obesity comment then. So why are they making it now? So Sweden outperforms all of these other countries. When it was struggling with that first, you know, re-outbreak that happened, what ended up happening is nobody made a connection to obesity. There was no connection to population density or anything else. But the moment Sweden starts outperforming its neighbors, then it becomes about obesity. Then it becomes about population density and all these other things. And for the record, those have all... Completely the population density things already been debunked because it outperformed countries with very similar population density. Uh, The study was orchestrated by Johns Hopkins University, released in February, concluded that global lockdowns have had a much uh, more detrimental impact on society than they have produced any benefit. That is, again, something that has been repeated over and over and over in the research. Uh, let's see. While this meta-analysis concludes that lockdowns have had little to no public health effects, they have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they have been adopted. Now, the other thing that you have to consider you know, going forward, the reason that study is brought up is that one of the issues is in the years coming, you're going to have to deal with the substance abuse that's, that started during these lockdowns. You're going to have to deal with um, the mental illness that has surfaced as a result, um, all of these suicides that you've had to deal with throughout the pandemic. All of those things now are going to have to be factored into all of this. I'm sure that the suicides are probably factored into into the uh, per 100,000 number. But as you start to look at everything else with the mental illness and the impacts of those future suicides that will happen as a result of COVID and the lockdowns and the policies that were in place, you're going to start to see these numbers actually go up. And Sweden is going to be in a much better position than the vast majority of the world. And yet, all they did was trust their citizens. Just imagine that. Now, I'm not telling you that Sweden is like the freedom bastion out there. It's not. But when it comes to covid, Sweden was probably the best country in the entire world in dealing with it just from a a human rights perspective, from a civil rights perspective and certainly from a health perspective. They outperform the vast majority of the world, certainly in Europe when it came to their COVID policies. And that is not going to sit well with a lot of the tyrants because they just, they, they want to make sure that you get locked down every time you got people out there talking about there being another Delta surge for crying out loud. There isn't even a resurgent Delta variant. It, it's, it doesn't even exist. So they're just coming up with another, another idea. Hey, we're coming into the midterms. We might have another surge. And that's really what this is about. This is all still about politics, even though, The situation is pretty much over. Even Fauci admits that it's pretty much over, while cautioning that it may come back, and it might. It's the summer months. It's the summer months. But luckily, the last couple of strains have been relatively, relatively um, safe is not the right word, but they're they're just they're seasonal strains. Okay, they're endemic. They're not pandemic. They're not epidemic. They're just they're endemic, which means. We can go forward with this as a seasonal virus, which is exactly what the so-called experts are now telling you, which is what I told you the experts were saying way back um, you know, six months into the pandemic when that medical conference happened, that they expected this to take over as a seasonal virus. So you're going to have to deal with your flu shot, having COVID in it and that sort of stuff, and parsing out how you want to do your shots going forward. Um, but we're, we're in a situation now where you just had the, the White House correspondence Dinner, what happened at the White House Correspondents' Dinner? The vegetable-in-chief made fun of people over, over the vaccine, right? And then what happened? There was an outbreak, and pretty much everybody at the White House Correspondents' Dinner had four shots, and they had an outbreak of COVID. How did that happen? And the embarrassing thing is that the vegetable was sitting there making fun of people over the vaccines. So He made fun of the people with the vaccine. Everybody sitting there had four, and they had a massive outbreak of COVID. Thank God it's all minor Minor variants, Omicron, and the uh, you know the the Obi One Kenobi version of it, whatever that one's called, and luckily nobody is going to die from it. But at the same time, it's still kind of hysterical that that happened. All right, we're going to talk about uh, Wonder Years actor Fred Savage coming up. Fred Savage is in a little trouble, lost a job, and I didn't realize that he was associated with the reboot of Wonder Years, but. Apparently he was, was, not anymore. We'll talk about why. Coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
0: Casey Henry, until midnight on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station.
1: Well, Jen Salty Saki, she's out there telling everybody that uh, we shouldn't see protests turn to violence. Yeah, you're a few years too late there, redhead. But, hey, nice of you to finally show up to the game. It's, uh, it's, it's nice of you to do that. Uh, what else do we have here? As she's literally at one foot out the door going to work for MSNBC, where they just allowed that lady to joke about aborting a Republican's child to his face, just hurt his feelings. Okay, Fred Savage. Yeah, that Fred Savage, the guy who weirdly looks like a child still, even though he's older than I am. He's older than I am, John. He's older than I am. And he still looks like a kid. <laughs> uh, Disney is severing ties with Fred Savage following multiple complaints of misconduct in his role as executive producer and director on the new ABC comedy series, The Wonder Years, which is completely different than the other Wonder Years. But it's like a reboot with a whole different spin on the era. Uh, let's see. The allegations were investigated leading to Savage's dismissal. Although, I here's the thing. They would probably dismiss almost anybody at this point in time, regardless of what the investigation found. Because I just think it's cancel culture stuff. Uh, I'm not saying that he's innocent. I don't know. Uh, it's entirely possible he's you know child actor, grew up, you know, did the uh, producer thing, has worked on some shows with some questionable morals. It's entirely possible that uh, that he is a human pile of garbage. But I don't know. I've never met the man. The Wonder Years, a reboot of the beloved 1988 series, which starred Savage, has not been renewed for a second season yet, but remains in contention. I don't know that it will be. I don't know anybody's actually seen it. I think I knew, like, one person who watched the first episode just because of nostalgia's sake, and then they they didn't like it very much. Uh, Recently, we were made aware of allegations of inappropriate conduct by Fred Savage, and as is policy, an investigation was launched upon its completion... The decision was made to terminate his employment as an executive producer and director on The Wonder Years. That's according to a spokesman for 20th 20th, uh, Century Fox Television, which is, again, affiliated of Disney. Um, Let's see. The nature of the allegations are unclear, but Deadline is reporting, and this is the best that we have. Everywhere else that I've looked does not have any more information than Deadline. They all refer back to Deadline. The nature of the allegations are unclear, but they apparently included verbal outbursts and inappropriate behavior, whatever the heck that is. I don't know. John has inappropriate outbursts all the time here at work, and he's still here. So I don't know what the inappropriate outbursts could be. Not sure what they could possibly be. Um, So, again, we don't know the nature of the allegations, but they did an investigation and they decided that, hey... Um, it was uh, serious enough to go ahead and fire him from a show that probably won't get renewed. So it made an easy decision. This was sent to me last week by a listener. They sent me an email and I actually got it. Happened to have my email up at the time that it came through. Total fluke. So again, you can stop sending me emails. I won't read them. But this one somehow, some way, got through. Home values in 97% of the United States are overvalued. Thank you for this article. We were talking about property taxes in St. Joseph County last week. I uh, took some phone calls on it. A lot of people very upset with St. Joseph County property taxes, and I had to explain to you, this is because your government is run by a bunch of lazy people. So they didn't do any property assessments for 10 years. For 10 years, okay? Okay. Even the one guy who's like, oh, this is state law stuff. No, the other counties do it more than 10 years. So, well, more in a 10-year period, you know what I mean. So they waited 10 years. They did the property tax assessment. Obviously, values are going up. This is a seller's market at this point in time. Um, And all of that turned into a perfect storm and just hit you with a 50 to 100% increase in your property tax bill if you live in St. Joseph County. Uh, Elkhart County got a boost as well. Pretty much everywhere's got a boost just because of property values going up. Um, But again, because St. Joseph County had this, this land assessment that they hadn't done in 10 years, that's the big thing that really messed with you. So instead of it being an incremental increase, you just got a one lump sum giant bag of poo is what you got. But this is an interesting article. This is out of CBS News. Home values in 97% of U.S. cities are overvalued, and real estate in some of the most overpriced regions could fall by 10% over the next few years. That's according to Moody's Analytics. Now, I've told you before, I fully expect the bottom to fall out of the real estate market right now. Okay, I fully expect that. Uh, we've seen this before, and every time this happens, there's always some kind of a correction, and the correction usually hurts people with those variable interest rates really, really hard. All right. So I hope that it doesn't. I I hope that I'm wrong. We're still dealing with the rental crisis that's going to be happening here. As the rental crisis happens and all of those people are now asked to pay all of the back rent that they haven't paid for two years or get out, you're going to see the banks start to foreclose on the landlords who can't can't pay any of that stuff. And then you're going to start to see companies like BlackRock come in and they're going to buy up all of the property. And you, you were going to have a, a big issue with real estate in this country going forward as a result of this. It's almost like it might have been designed that way, though. But again, it's Monday. It's not Tuesday. So we can't do our tinfoil Tuesday conspiracies today. We have to wait until tomorrow. So the pandemic has boosted home prices in parts of the country far beyond the typical coast uh, coastal, the coastal hotspots. Excuse me. Wow, the way this is worded is really terrible. Uh, it's according to Moody's chief economist, Mark Zandi. The most overpriced city in the nation is Boise, Idaho, which, for the record, is a fantastic place. I know that a lot of you probably never been to Boise, Idaho. That place is awesome. I would totally live there. Boise, Idaho is fantastic. Anyway, it became a magnet for technology workers who wanted to relocate from California cities when their offices shut down due to the pandemic, but Moody's reckoning Boise's homes are 73% overvalued, making it the most overpriced city in the nation. Now, can I just offer upon you or impress upon you my experience as somebody from Las Vegas, Nevada? Las Vegas, Nevada had very affordable real estate. Las Vegas, Nevada had a very stable job market. If you got fired in Las Vegas, you would have three job offers on the way home until something happened. You know what that thing was? A mass exodus of people from California. Now, what did the people from California do? They sold their homes in Los Angeles. They're 600-square-foot houses. They sold them for $4 million, and they came to Las Vegas, and they bought like 20 houses cash, and then they became landlords. What did that do to the price of rent? Rent right through the roof. Within three years' time, your average person who was a local in Las Vegas could not afford to purchase a single home. You couldn't get a one-bedroom apartment, you couldn't get a studio apartment, you couldn't get a condo, you couldn't get a house, you couldn't get a mobile home. That's exactly what is happening in Boise, Idaho. What happened to the real estate market in Las Vegas again? Anybody? What happened to the real estate market? That's right. It crashed and became the worst real estate market in the entire country. That was a part of the big housing bubble that burst. It was one of the catalysts for it. They're seeing the exact same thing in Boise, Idaho. Now, of course, in New York, some very interesting things have happened in New York, as some of those firms in New York have now reached out to all of their people who moved out of New York because New York is too expensive. And they said, look, if you don't want to come back to the office because now you live in Colorado or wherever, that's fine. We're not going to pay you New York wages. We're going to pay you Colorado wages. And that has people having an absolute conniption fit because they want New York salary, but they don't want to pay to live in New York. So this is happening all over, not just out of California, where people transplanted into Idaho because they didn't want to live in California. It's happening everywhere. But as a result, it has artificially inflated real estate prices in 97% of U.S. cities, which could, once again, signal a massive real estate correction, which could cost a lot of you a lot of money in the near future. Hope not. Hope I'm wrong. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
0: Step to the final phase. Industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, the only radio host in all of Indiana endorsed by every single freedom and liberty group in the state, including GSB Pac. The only one, nobody else. Got any freedom or liberty endorsements at all. All right, I want to thank RB Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw, also Columbia City, for those of you who are out there a little bit further than than normal. But uh, you go to rbcarcompany.com and you can see their full inventory and everything right there on the homepage. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? All right, I'm gonna play a montage here. And I want to, I just want to remind everyone before we go into what's been happening with the, you know, protests and stuff like that. uh, As we covered this in the three o'clock hour, we're going to cover it again as it is getting ready to continue to be an issue. But I want to, I want to remind everybody that the political left has been the political side that has advocated for and committed violence. It's not the right. It never has been the right. This has always been something that has been done by the political left. And then, Any time anybody on the right dares to defend themselves, suddenly they are then cast by the news media because they have a monopoly as the instigators. So this is a montage. I want to just play you this montage here. This is a montage of the news media defending, excusing, and sometimes even advocating for more violence in the streets. And this is just a supercut that was produced in January of 2021.
0: I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is mostly a protest. Uh, It is not, not, generally speaking, unruly.
2: That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white
0: nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal. Morally, It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no organization is perfect. There was some violence. Any
2: reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times.
0: Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite. And peaceful.
2: I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that,
0: be done by a, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night, throwing I it into the harbor? People
2: will do what they do. What
0: you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that this is how this country was started.
2: People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up.
0: Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So. Remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and we should be the first to call it out.
1: I disagree. (laughs) Okay. That's one of many montages that I have played for you over the years. One of many. I have a montage which ends in two gunshots. And I always have to remind everybody that those two gunshots took the life of a man walking down the street because he had a MAGA hat on. Didn't do anything else. Didn't have a conflict with anybody. Didn't have an altercation with anybody. Just minding his own business. But he had a red hat on and he had to die. News media doesn't cover that stuff. Now, in the midst of that, in the midst of that, you had somebody defending Antifa. Antifa is, again, a domestic terrorist organization. The FBI has even said they use domestic terrorist tactics. Now, the reason I bring this up is it is an Antifa group that has claimed credit for firebombing the anti-abortion building in Wisconsin. It's an Antifa group that took credit for that. So they not only firebombed them, they not only spread graffiti all over and destroyed some property there, but this is an Antifa group that took credit for that. And there's still people out there who want to pretend that Antifa is not a domestic terrorist organization, which, of course, they clearly are by any definition. By any definition, they are. Now, the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security this is according to, uh, to a report that has been published by the National Fusion Center Association on Thursday. It held a call to strategize about metastasizing threats of violence after the Supreme Court leak that revealed the Roe v. Wade might be overturned. Okay, And again, we still don't know if it will be. We have no clue. Those on the call were the FBI and DHS officials among dozens of intelligence sharing hubs around the country. According to Politico, the call focused on how law enforcement might protect the federal judiciary from attacks, including both the Supreme Court's nine justices and the hundreds of federal courts, uh, judges around the country. Now, again, um, this is because the threats of violence have been ramping up since that leak. In the three o'clock hour today, we quoted a journalist who went out there and advocated For more violence like what we saw at the anti-abortion building in Wisconsin, calling for more of it, wishing for everybody who supports that ideology to be killed. Now, that is a that is a reporter who works for a news outlet. And if you missed it, go back to the three o'clock hour. Now, the reason, again, we bring this up, for those of you who don't know, all of the Supreme Court justices and their families have been moved out of their home in secret and they're in hiding every single one. There's going to be protests again at Justice Alito's house tonight. Justice Alito wrote the leaked opinion that was spread out there. It's now a blue and on conspiracy theory um, that it was a conservative who leaked it. Uh, it doesn't benefit conservatives to leak this at all. It, it harms conservatives. It benefits the left. And everybody knows it benefits the left. It wouldn't make any sense for a conservative to leak it. There is no strategy. There's no benefit. There is for the left. The virtual rendezvous reportedly did not result in any determination of action to be taken against the violence perpetrated by radical left after the uh, the court's leak. The call did not specifically focus on the radical left extremism at all. Instead, the focus was to maximize information sharing on the topic among law enforcement agencies around the country, hoping to identify threat trends in real time. Well, what do you need to identify a threat trend? they're out there telling you where they're going to show up. And then when they do show up, they're unruly. So I don't really know what threat trend you really need here. They're showing up at justices' houses, for crying out loud. Since the Supreme Court leaked, the attacks have been carried out against the pro-life community by radicals. Antifa reportedly attacked a pregnancy center in Portland and allegedly wrote, um, bleep CPCs, Crisis Pregnancy Center and then bashed the windows of the facility. That was in Portland. That was not the one in Wisconsin. Uh, on Wednesday, a church in Denver, Colorado, was vandalized with smashed windows and spray-painted pro-abortion messages. According to the Washington Times, the vandals reportedly desecrated the church with far-left slogans like, My Body, My Choice, and Keep Your Religion Off Our Bodies. They also broke several church windows. Another far-left group, dubbed Ruth Sent Us, has published the justices' supposed home addresses online for the radical protesters to locate. Now, I need to ask because I haven't checked yet. Has Ruth sent us been kicked off of social media yet for doxing justices? I'm just I'm kind of kind of curious about that. The group has also reportedly threatened to storm churches on Mother's Day in protest. The uh, protests may occur in Washington D.C. Okay, obviously some churches did have that problem, but it was uh, largely overblown. So this is this is what we're dealing with here. But the FBI and the DHS are are apparently they've been monitoring this type of extremism from pro abortion activists for some time, but they just haven't taken any action. I find that to be very interesting. I wonder what uh, I wonder what will have to happen for them to finally take this seriously. Of course, the goal I I assume is to make sure that something awful happens. I, I tend to think that that is generally the idea. Now, a little bit earlier today, I played you something, and I want to play it again. So cue my audio, please. This is MSNBC. These are four people on MSNBC, okay? a Again, they're not reputable, but they like to pretend that they're a reputable news agency. They're on MSNBC. And this actually happened on one of their shows with a panel of four people.
2: I guess so. I mean, here's the thing. Here's my feeling about the leaker. I I would like to find out who the leaker is so I could make sweet love to that person because that person is a (laughs) hero to me. Okay? And if the leaker, a lot of people are saying it could be a conservative if the leaker is a Republican uh, and if I get pregnant during our lovemaking, I will joyfully abort our fetus and let them know. (laughs) I don't know if that answered your question. I probably
1: Okay. That's on MSNBC. That's that's supposed to be something that you're supposed to take seriously. I don't know who this woman is. I, I guess she's allegedly a comedian or whatever. It Doesn't really matter. Um one, the hubris of assuming that somebody would even sleep with her, uh is considering her looks is really very optimistic of her, but that's okay. Uh the other thing is, is that this is this is what is seen now as, as normal behavior from that side. It's not about protecting women. It's not about women's health. And it hasn't been for a very, very long time. This is purely about, I really want to do this, so I'm going to do it. You know, she wanted to make sweet love to whoever the leaker was, but she did not want to protect herself from the possibility of getting pregnant. If the leaker happened to be a conservative, she wanted to get pregnant just so she could abort the child to rub it in his face. And there will be some people who excuse this as, ah, you know, she's a comic, whatever. May maybe, but this is the type of thing that you see every single day at places like TikTok. Every single day. I did a reaction video on the early show last week where I reacted to a montage of these so called ladies where they were celebrating the idea of getting abortions purely as a renewable source of energy to throw the babies into a furnace and burn them. And, I mean, one, very unscientific because the human body gives off a ton of greenhouse gases when you burn it, but two, um, obviously pretty demented to say stuff like that. Now, again, some people might say, well, they're just trying to get a rise out of people, but here's the thing, you no longer know where the line is, on when they're just being ridiculous and going over the top to try and get a reaction to when they're actually being serious because they act like this every single day in the streets. For example, everybody outside of the Supreme Court building when the leak happened, the woman holding a sign saying, I've had 31 abortions, as if she were proud of that. Then you got people showing up at the justices' houses protesting, getting violent, firebombing pro-life buildings, vandalizing churches. How are you supposed to know who is just trying to get a reaction and who actually behaves this way on a regular basis because that's who they are? We have gotten to a point where we can no longer distinguish which one is to be taken seriously because they all behave like clowns. But this is on MSNBC, and you had one person say it, and you had three additional people laughing about it, which proves beyond a shadow of a doubt it has nothing to do with women's health it's got nothing to do with protecting a woman at all. Nothing to do with that at all. And you know, I told you before it's it's not that it's not that women want to be able to have an abortion. It's not that they're upset that they can't have an abortion. It's that they're upset that they're not allowed to kill a child anymore. We've got more coming up. News Talk 953. Michigan's news channel.
2: trying to rent a home for the Indy 500. I'm Laura Smith. I'm
0: John Zimney. All your top local news stories,
1: traffic and weather during Michiana's Morning News, Tuesday on 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here. Got to tell you about Balance of Nature. Of course, we have Balance of Nature right here just for the live stream. And we can show you. We have them always in the studio. Everybody takes the fruits and veggies here at the 95.3 MNC studios. Got a bunch of people in the sales pit who don't even work for this station who sneak in here and steal these things from us. You know, they're supposed to last us a month. They never do. <laughs> they never do. Here's the deal. Go to my... Not no I was mypillow.com, but I already did that commercial. Go to balanceofnature.com. Get the fruits and veggies. Now, here's the thing. You can supplement your diet, okay? You get your, your full daily allotment of fruits and vegetables. All of the vitamins, the minerals, and the nutrients that you get with that And, of course, you're going to boost your immune system. You're going to have more energy. You're just going to be healthier. Go to balanceofnature.com and go ahead and use promo code Laura, L-A-U-R-A, promo code Laura, and you will save 35%. Remember, Balance of Nature is real food. It is a proprietary blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. It is not medicine. It's not drugs. It's not supplements. This is real food that is blended in these capsules. So go to balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, and save 35%. Well, once again, Joe Biden has decided to do what Trump proposed to do, but Democrats prevented him from doing. Only it's going to cost a lot more. It's weird how many times he keeps going back on that. Now, I'm sitting there looking at the television, and just a couple of minutes ago during that last commercial break, there was a whole news report about how the gas prices from GasBuddy, the gas prices are expected to rise well above the record. Yeah. Thanks, Biden. So, the Biden administration announced plans last Thursday to refill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve two years after Democrats blocked the Trump administration from doing it. Now, I love telling you this story because I've been telling you this thing from the very beginning. Donald Trump, when oil was trading negative $36 a barrel, I'm not stuttering and I'm not misspeaking negative thirty six dollars a barrel during the pandemic. Trump said, yo, we can completely maximize our strategic oil reserve and it's not going to cost us hardly anything to do it. So let's do that. You know, two previous presidents had failed to fill up that reserve and we were never going to see oil prices that cheap again. So there was no better time than then to go ahead and fill up the Strategic Oil Reserve. So Trump proposed it, and the Democrats stripped it out of the budget proposal, and then they went on television, and they celebrated it as a kill to bailing out the big oil industry. And it was seen as a planetary save, right? Yeah. Um, Of course, we could really use that extra oil in the Strategic Reserve right now that would be helping soften some of the blow to the gas prices, of course, so drilling and stuff. But... They don't, they don't want to do that, but they do now. They now want to fill up the Strategic Oil Reserve when oil is at record highs. Again, it's almost like they plan these things, right? According to the announcement, the Department of Energy said that it would initiate a long-term SPR replenishment plan involving a purchase of 60 million barrels of oil that would likely occur in 2023. The vegetable in chief, Joe Biden, has ordered a 50 million barrel SPR release in November, a 30 million barrel release on March 1st, and a 60 million barrel release on March 31st to combat rising gasoline prices. Now, of course, the problem with that is the uh, United States uses about 30 30 to 40 million barrels a day. Doesn't do us any good to release 30 million barrels. Okay, So that's why you only saw a couple of cents drop in price, and then it goes right back up. It's not good enough. As we are thoughtful and methodical in the decision to draw down from our emergency reserve, we must be similarly strategic in replenishing the supply, says Energy Secretary. Jennifer, I'm a blithering idiot, Granholm. She's the one that's out there telling you, you can totally buy a $55,000 electric car. Yeah. Once again, Trump tried to do this. He was going to max it out. He was going to fill it up. And it wasn't going to cost us anything. Now they're going to do it when it's full price. Where's all of the news articles from the big media like we had in George W. Bush's era about uh, Biden and his big oil allies getting rich off of you? Where's where's that? That they're conspiring to raise the price of oil so they can enrich themselves. Where's the uh, where's the news articles about that? Because that was a big thing with George W. Bush's president. Remember? And then they never did those stories when the price of gas actually went higher under Obama than it did under Bush. They never did those stories. I used to do it on my show every single day, but I was the only one in the country who did it. So now we're at a a situation here where, unlike under George W. Bush and under Obama, under Biden, this is entirely self-created. Okay, This is something that we would not be dealing with if we still maintain our energy independent policies that we had from the last administration. Putin would have a slight effect, but when we saw with the oil price war between Saudi Arabia, OPEC, and Russia under the Trump administration, you were basically insulated from that because we were self-sufficient and we were energy independent. No longer the case. So now, instead of buying low, they're going to buy high, which benefits who, ladies and gentlemen? That's right, big oil. Doesn't benefit you, doesn't benefit the economy, doesn't benefit the country, but, you know, it could benefit Joe Biden and his big oil allies, I guess. But I guess we don't have any of those articles running in Politico or the New York Times or the LA Times or something like that. They don't want to do that, right? So we are we are going to fill up the strategic oil reserve under the Biden proposal where oil is at record high prices. And Jennifer Granholm is like, this is going to be super strategic when you cheered. Killing it off when it was going to happen with the lowest price in history for oil. As I've said before, this is where you get into that tribalist stuff. Okay, Our tribe is good no matter what it does. Their tribe is bad no matter what they do, even if they do things that we want to do. We can't give them the win. And they they will campaign on this. Guarantee it. When this happens, they will campaign on it. MNC News time is five thirty one. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime.
0: From the first step to the final phase, industrial and commercial electrical done right. Casey Hendrickson.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. hendrickson is my microphone up my microphone is not there it is okay now i can hear it all right casey hendrickson here on News Talk 95 3, michiana's news channel did you know that uh, cancer surgery and just in general going to the doctor and stuff is killing the planet so you should probably stop getting medical care if you really cared about the aminals you would stop getting medical care and you would just let yourself die that is according to the greenies out there this is uh <laughs> this is something special. I'll be honest with you. It is something special. This is in the Journal of Clinical Oncology. In April 2021, former Vice President Joe Biden pledged to drastically reduce greenhouse gas emissions by fifty percent relative to two thousand and five levels by twenty thirty. He's also promised to cure cancer for like 30 years straight. And he hasn't done it. This ambitious agenda will inevitably require significant changes across the breadth of the United States economy, including the healthcare sector, according to previous studies. The healthcare industry accounts for roughly 8.5% of total GHG emissions. That's just in the United States, by the way. And in recent years, the provision of cancer care has increasingly been included to included in discussions ...about decarbonization. Well, if you ask me, there's no better way to decarbonize than just let people die. Am I right? Maybe we should tell the, uh, the radio station next door to stop doing fundraising for St. Jude's. Maybe that would help them out. Of course, being facetious, that is a stupid idea. We believe that surgical oncologists are a crucial stakeholder community... ...in the implementation of associated priorities for two reasons... First, owing to the prevalence of consumables, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems, volatile anesthetic gases, and sterilization processes, operating rooms partially account for 70% of a hospital's waste and are, there, are three to six times more carbon e- intensive than the hospital as a whole, according to a 2017 lifecycle analysis. What kind of a special inbred idiot decides to set out and study what the greenhouse gas effect is of a surgical room? In 2014, the release of hydrofluorocarbon and chlorofluorocarbon anesthetic gases stood at the equivalent of 3 million tons of carbon dioxide with 80% of emissions from uh, desflurane alone. Wow. Wow. We should probably just stop using anesthetic. We should just go back to, you know, pouring whiskey down people's gullets and sawn legs off. Second, carbon intensive uh, minimally invasive surgical approaches, that is, uh, laparoscopic or robotic assisted, have become mainstays in the management of several cancers. Oh, those jerks keeping people alive. For example, uterine, oropharyngeal, orofary- uh, colorectal, and prostate, for example. oh, Those are all things that pretty much affect men, right? So let the men with cancer die. We can still have Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Can we have Breast Cancer Awareness Month, though? Because apparently cancer is killing the planet. So really, ladies, you got to take one for the team stop getting treated for breast cancer the robotic the robotic hysterectomy that one does not affect men uh has well okay it could hold on my apologies. i don't want to i'm not a biologist i don't want to offend anybody um yes men can have hysterectomies please don't protest outside of my house I take that back. Please protest outside of my house. (laughs) (laughs) You are not getting out of my neighborhood. Anyway, the robotic hysterectomy, not because of me, because of my neighbors. Uh, Hysterectomy has been associated with a carbon footprint of 814-something or (laughs) others, which is commensurate with a 2,273-mile journey in a gasoline car. Again, just let her die, okay? Don't give her a hysterectomy. If she just dies, we won't have to worry about it. You realize I'm going to get hate mail, right? Because somebody thinks that I'm actually calling for women to die of cancer. Because they will have tuned in in the middle of this, and they will not have heard the entirety of this segment. And they will jump to conclusions, because that's what people do. And they will get really upset, and they will fire off an email to John. John's going to call me, and he's going, to go, what were you talking about? At this time on that day, and I was talking about letting people die because they're going to save the planet. This is salient because the adoption of robotic-assisted procedures increased eightfold from 2012 to 2018, and overall minimally invasive surgical activity in the United States is associated with a total CO2 emissions of 355,924 tons per year, synonymous with a country-level ranking of 198 among U.N. member states. Wow. In other words, minimally invasive surgery, which is generally speaking the surgery you want, is enough greenhouse gas emissions. I'm assuming that this is just in the cancer field. The overall minimally invasive surgical activity in the United States, because they're talking about cancer, so I don't know if that's just, just minimally invasive surgery or just cancer-related minimally invasive surgery. But apparently, that is enough to rank 198th in the world for greenhouse gas emissions alone, if it were its own nation. So like I said, all you have to do is just stop trying to cure cancer and let people die, and then we don't have to worry about this anymore. You could save the planet today if you just didn't treat your cancer, folks. More coming up, 95.3 MNC.